stuff. Welcome to episode number 78 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. Imagine having a drawer in your kitchen that you opened up and magically had everything that you ever needed to make delicious cookies. That's kind of what this podcast is. A drawer where you can find all kinds of different good things for your kids and for your family to enjoy together. Does that one work? I'm going to try a new one every week just to see if we finally land on something. But this is truly an honor to play today my interview with Joe Maylander from the Okie Dokie Brothers. They won a Grammy. It's the dream. And he's such a great guy, such a nice guy. The Okie Dokie Brothers, if you don't know, are writing really nice Americana songs, taking songs you may have already known, putting their own twist on it. And they have a set of documentaries on Netflix that chronicle how they go about writing their music, or at the very least, the inspiration. They love to be outside. They want every one of us to get outside and enjoy nature. Summer is here, and I hope that you're taking lots of car trips and lots of trips with your family. If you need podcasts for your family, if you love the Good Stuff Kids podcast and you want other podcasts like it, not necessarily like it, but that are totally and completely appropriate for kids and families, check out all my buddies at kidslisten.org. You can find everything that you would ever need at app.kidslisten.org. Of course, for all of the old episodes of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, go to www.goodstuffpod.com. Drop me a line. Mike at goodstuffpod.com. You may be wondering why I've had no four plus one countdown the last couple weeks. Well, quite simply because this podcast is built on integrity and truth. I have to say that my kids have been at camp with Mrs. Goodstuff, so I've been on my own in the car and I've been listening to a lot of Beastie Boys, a lot of hip hop, none of which I think is really stuff that we're going to play for kids and families. Maybe some Beastie Boys, you know, who's to say? They are the best of all time. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my talk with Joe Maylander from the incredible Okie Dokie Brothers. If you stay tuned all the way to the end, you can hear the song Rosita. We played it on repeat numerous, numerous times. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end of the show. It is a thrill to welcome Joe Maylander from the Okie Dokie Brothers to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you today, Joe? Doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Totally. It's a, it's a pleasure. So there's a there's a lot to get into in terms of the Okie Dokie Brothers with you and Justin. So I think the the place that I'd like to start is you guys have known each other for years, right? So Yeah. So like that's what, right. what's the backstory and and how we got sort of to to making the band? Okay. Well, yeah. So we've known each other since we were 3 years old, right? Our wow. um our families knew each other in Denver, Colorado where we grew up. And um, we we always joke we we never really had a say in the matter we we didn't <laughs> choose to be friends and and that's where we get the the name brothers you know we um, we spent holidays together and we didn't have brothers of our own so we gravitated towards each other and uh, grew up kind of as each other's um, brother from another mother and uh-huh. father <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. and um, you know just playing in the in the neighborhood together, taking adventures together. Both of our families um, did like to take trips and, and go camping. So that was a huge part of the childhood, which has played a big factor in how we write songs. Uh, and then we just started writing songs and, and playing music together in junior high and high school. 
uh, went through a number of different bands, of course, started off in a rock band like yeah. everybody does. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, slowly, you know, gravitated towards acoustic instruments and more of the folk Americana, bluegrass, old time sound. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, so tell me a little bit about the rock band. I got to hear about the rock band. yeah so let's see there for a while we were known as the midnight special yeah we we definitely did more of the electric guitars and full drum sets and um i don't know just went over to friends basements and played loud music and we were big led zeppelin fans uh like how could you how could you not be right (laughs) right we got really into that stuff but um but it wasn't too long until we started listening to more Paul Simon and uh, Bob Dylan and Gillian Welch and and those types of folks. Um, John Denver was actually, as, as cliche as it sounds, you know, us Denver boys, we <laughs> yeah, right. you singing like the- songs in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> we, we love John Denver. So we did a lot of um, that kind of uh, song emulation with our mm-hmm. first songs. We, we would write like our heroes. And then, um, yeah, we just... Uh, I think there was kind of a folk revival, bluegrass revival around Boulder and, and Denver at the time with, you know, Telluride bluegrass festivals and, and things like that having a big influence on us. Yeah, that's that's great. So, like, out of that, and, like, that folk Americana scene is is uh, growing and thriving now. I mean, your, your take and angle on it is uh, 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 different than, you know, sort of like the Punch Brothers or something like that. But... Um, I, you know, not that not that every Americana bluegrass folk band has brothers in the name, but a few, <laughs> a few do. So, who are some of the the influences now that that you guys, while you're writing or or that you listen to and that you're into, just out of curiosity? Sure. So, uh, you mean more like current projects, right? Yeah, sure. Well, it's funny you bring up the Punch Brothers. They're um, their kind of group of of friends in in the Americana scene are are definitely influential on us them you know Noam Pakilney and and um and Chris Thiele uh-huh. are uh when it comes to musicianship they're obviously miles and miles ahead of us on that and and we wouldn't even pretend to call ourselves instrumentalists in that uh category um but but I would say um you know their friend Sarah Watkins and and um, I don't know if you know Sarah Jaros. I don't. Um, but they're, you know, they're in little groups together. And they're a big influence on us. I mentioned Gillian Welch mm-hmm. and David Rawlings earlier. Um, that was a huge songwriter influence on us. Um, I would say the Wood Brothers. There's oh, one with brothers in the, yeah. In the name. And they're, yeah, they're awesome. Definitely. Yeah, yeah we love their sound. And, um, let's see more, more recent, the staves, we've been getting into the staves a lot, just their harmonies. That's a current band. Okay. Um, Regina Spector is a big songwriter influence. She's just such an artist and takes words into a whole nother realm. Mm -hmm. And, um, the last person I'll probably mention when it comes to modern sounds, you know, even Nora Jones, um, Uh she's in a, she's in a country band. I don't know if you know that called the little willies. Oh, cool. And uh, it's kind of based after Willie Nelson. And so we listen to that stuff all the time. And we were lucky enough to record um, our latest record with her guitar player. So, oh, so. wow. That's cool. 
That's a heavy that's hitter. An honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, wow. Okay. So a lot of what you mentioned was you're drawn to sort of the songwriting side of things. There's the, there's the musicianship side of things, which you shouldn't sell your, yourselves short on it in any way. But the <laughs> songwriting piece, right? So there's a lot to this. Um, it's not, you know, and you mentioned you were in your basement writing songs, and, and I'm sure that that's part of it, but you have, you've built sort of um, a cycle, right, for lack of a better word, where you and Justin, like, essentially, like, go on an adventure, right? Mm-hmm. And then out of that adventure, you know, they're, they're sort of thematic adventures, and then the songs come out of that. So there's three records plus some, some other things, but, but, like, you know, talking about, like, Saddle Up, or can you canoe or through the woods? How, tell us about the genesis of an Okie Dokie Brothers album. Sure. Well, I'll say I think we get a lot of suggestions. Why don't you go to Alaska? Why don't you go to <laughs> Hawaii? Why don't you do a Caribbean, you know, scuba diving adventure? Uh-huh. Um, and and what's funny is those all sound like good ideas and. They're not bad ideas, uh, but we choose our adventures based on the style of music of the of the region, mm-hmm. right? Right. That that we um, want to emulate or to at least nod to in our production of the album, the instrumentation, uh, and of course uh, the the lyrical references, uh, kind of to turn kids on to a region without. Um, you know, stereotyping it, but to kind of honor the types of songs that maybe you'd hear if you went deep in the Americana songbook in that area, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll spend time listening for a long time, just Mm -hmm. getting our heads in the context of the region. So the Mississippi River trip was our first one, and we went to D.C. We even went to Smithsonian Folkways Archive, and we listened to river songs. Cool. Um, we're talking kind of working songs and boating songs, and um, they're type they're kind of like sea shanties, but they're more you know river themed, like uh-huh. working on the river boat type songs. And those influenced a lot of the references we we put into these these folk songs that we were writing. And the same thing happened with Appalachia, of course. That was such a deep well of old-time music that we got to listen to and, and reference in our songs. And then, and then, of course, Saddle Up referenced a lot of Western songs. Not the current, you know, popular country that maybe most people know of, but more of the classic outlaw country that was being written um, a little bit earlier on. This, um, you know, in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah. Really cool. So, so I watched um, I watched the the canoe movie. Can can you canoe um, mm-hmm. with my three year old and five year old daughter? So I have a seven year old son too. Just to put it all out there, but my okay. daughters were so into it. They were nice. so into like just the idea, you know, watching you guys canoe, canoe, watching you know what you did. But and it's shocking to me that um, that, that was the first one. It's so fully formed, you know, like the idea. Um, of, of being on the Mississippi river. And, you know, I think about like Tom Sawyer and, and things like that. And it, it just looks like you guys are having so much fun and it yeah. seems, and it's so authentic. So <laughs> was, was this like, like part of the plan? I mean, it's just so unique, you know, that you're, you're, you're not just writing, you know, cowboy songs essentially, but you're, you know, learning, learning how to ride a horse and mm-hmm. like going on a, a month long, you know, 
um, I forget the word that um, that you use to describe it, but but a month long trip where you're on horseback and in, in, in the, the the wild west, and so like how how does this first idea of like going on an adventure with your buddy and writing songs to it, how does that even start? How does that even come up? Sure. So we were on a road trip together when we came up with the concept for what we call adventure albums, mm-hmm. right? And we hadn't really heard if that was a thing, and, and we still haven't heard if, if other people have done that. <laughs> but um, it was on a road trip down the Mississippi River, and we looked out the window and saw um, some canoes going down the Mississippi, which it just never crossed our mind that you could take canoes down mm-hmm. such a big river with a lot of barge traffic. Uh, and locks and dams and whatnot. But we got out and we asked uh, a lock master if, if that was something people did. And he said a couple hundred folks do it every summer. And it's totally doable. You camp on the sides of the road. So we wanted to do that, period. Yeah. Right? Yeah, just, period. Just, as, like just as outdoors people that want to try something new and as friends, we wanted to do it. So that's how it started. It mm-hmm. was something we just wanted to do. And then, of course, we're writing an album um, in our basements for our next release, and we notice, you know, well, these songs are good, right? But um, wouldn't it be better to actually practice what we're preaching and do it, um, get out there, unplug from the internet for a month, and just have ourselves an adventure like we were two kids that were friends uh-huh. and. Uh, really just soak up that energy and put it on an album, call it an adventure album and, and do something unique, you know, rather than just, just writing songs randomly and and putting them on a a CD, you know, we wanted to make it a story. And that's where we had the idea to bring some, some videographer and audio folks with us Mm -hmm. and, and make a whole, a whole trip out of it, you know, a whole piece of art based on the 30 days. And, And that, rolled into a series so we we did a trilogy of those types of trips and right man it was such a great thing to stumble across it's been an amazing process to to see what we learned about ourselves and our friendship and and to put that into songs for families um has been a real privilege honestly yeah to be able to do that yeah that makes total total sense um so you know you mentioned learning about yourselves and learning about each other and and you know sort of I don't know how you cement a friendship like that even more than it's already been cemented, but what are some of the like two or three best memories from any of the three adventure trips? Great. And I, yeah. If, I would love to talk about this because sometimes, <laughs> you know, these interviews get short. So if, if you're okay, I'll, I'll talk about each one of those trips just a little bit. Um, I would love maybe that. The, take, the takeaway from starting with the river, um, you know, I would say – there, each time I have a really strong memory from a trip, it's a combination of, of a good time and, and kind of an intense, like maybe even a hard time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those, are, those tend to be the most impactful memories. So on the, on the river trip, our big discussion the whole way down the river was, are we trying to get somewhere <laughs> or are we just floating? You know, are we and and are we going to get to St. Louis or or not? Or you know, do we need to pull over and write songs and make more video, or do we just keep paddling? And um, so that was a hard discussion because we all had different opinions depending on the day. 
And uh, one night we had a big storm kind of level our tents in the middle of the night. It was um, a microburst hit our, our camp and okay. we actually had to get evacuated from this island that we were <laughs> uh, camping on. Whoa. Pretty pretty intense moment. Yeah. Um, and I would say that's a really hard moment. But the next day, Justin and I, all we did was just paddle and write songs together all the way to St. Louis. You know, we, we finished the trip, just the two of us together. Uh-huh. And we found a, a common ground of, of writing songs as we paddled. And um, it, was, it was kind of the takeaway for me was compromise on that trip. You know, you have one person choosing how fast to go and the other person you know, steering. And yeah. that was the, me- the metaphor of the canoe and, and our friendship. So um, a lot to learn about working together on that trip and, and trying to find that nice compromise of, of both people's uh, needs, right? Yeah, totally. So, uh, and, and, and that can only come, I think, after, you know, somewhat of an intense experience. You have to go through something hard together to maybe get to that other side of reflecting on on what really matters right is it the journey or the destination it's right that's that's amazing yeah cool really cool so that was very similar on through the woods you know it to me it's the metaphor of getting to the top of the mountain or just um enjoying the hike itself and we wrote a lot of songs on that level um one in particular was about lightning your load, right? So instead of bringing the whole kitchen sink with you, um, like we did at the beginning of the trip, you kind of drop some of that stuff along the way. And by the end, you really know what matters. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, like our relationships, it's the same thing. You know, we were left with the ones that really, really matter to us and the ones we want to carry with us. Mm -hmm. So um, that was good. And I'll say the last one about saddle up, had to do with horses, you know, um, this was the only trip we had taken where we had a third party, um, that their, uh, opinions mattered and it just happened to be an animal. A Uh horse was our transportation, you (laughs) know, and it wasn't just a canoe you steered. Um, and it wasn't your own two feet. It was a, a whole nother, um, personality to take into account. And we had to learn how to listen to our horses and treat them with respect and work together with them so that we could get someplace beautiful um, uh, with with them. We couldn't get there on our own, and that was you know the Continental Divide. Right. It's a very steep uh, climb every day that we would go up there. Wow. So um, we had to know our horses, and we had to learn a thing or two. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you consider yourself like a, a horse person now? Like you want to go and, and be a horseback rider? Like, how, how Well, that... I don't know if I'd go that far, but I definitely feel comf- more comfortable on a horse. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I did grow up riding a little bit. So I started at a pretty good level. Uh, but I would say after that trip of going up to the divide, I feel pretty comfortable now. I'd, I'd say very comfortable, but by no means am I about ready to you know, jump on a bunk and buck and Bronco and join, <laughs> join the rodeo. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That is totally yeah. fair. Um, so some of the, so there's the, the movie projects and then the albums come out of that. But in addition, you are, you have a couple books out. So how does, how does that particular side of the project come to be? And I'm, I'm thinking about thousand star hotel, which is a beautiful song. And then to turn that into a book, but it, does that one have a, have a soundtrack as well? 
Yeah, it does. So yeah. the CD um, actually comes with an audio book that we read, uh-huh. um, the CD that comes in the book. And it also has a brand new song that we wrote for the story. Uh-huh. It's kind of the story in song form. And then um, songs that match the theme, you know, from our previous albums, we added to that CD. Mm-hmm. So um, it actually ended up being kind of a nighttime mix so that if you're reading the book before bed, you can put on some nice calm songs and mm-hmm. and fall asleep. So um, so yeah, that does come with a CD. And, and how the story itself came about um, was was really interesting. You know how we take folk songs mm-hmm. and rework them a mm-hmm. lot on our albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a folk tale, a folk story of the fisherman and his wife. And we, um, and we wanted to kind of turn it on its head and give a little twist at the end, some new characters and, and a whole new meaning to what that story uh, was about. So we used the structure of a magic fish and three wishes. Mm-hmm. And uh, just used that structure and then got to kind of um, add our own spice to it. Yeah. And, uh, and use a song to, to influence where, where the story goes. Um, right. Yeah, and that just started because we, we did it with like 10 different stories and songs that we paired together. Uh-huh. So we wrote a collection called Simply Ever After. And mm-hmm. we pitched it to a bunch of different publishers and one of the publishers just really loved this one in particular. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so we went with that one. And that's how we write albums, too. We write a whole bunch of songs, then we scale it down to the, to the 15 good ones. Wow. And um, so, yeah, we were really happy with, with how that process worked. That's really, that's amazing. Really cool. And it's so nice to get, like, a different medium, too. To, mm-hmm. to put the music to, you know, you can create the vision in your mind and you can watch the movie, but then there's another way to think about the music. So your very first record, the, the Can You Canoe, right, as far as the adventure albums go, won a Grammy. And, you know, we, we talked a little just for a second before uh, we started rolling here about how, like, that's, that's the dream, you know, to win the Grammy. How, how bizarre, weird, incredible, cool, like whatever adjective you can come up with was that particular experience. And, and are there, did you rub elbows with anyone? Like, did you see like, I don't know who, and just be like, Hey, what's up? How are you? <laughs> well, we did get to meet Noam Pakilney, who I mentioned earlier from the Punch Brothers. He's kind uh-huh. of a banjo playing prodigy, uh, an idol of ours that we've been watching for a long time. So we sat next to Noam at the Grammys. Oh, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But other than that, you know, um, when you win a children's music Grammy, it's not like you're on TV and sitting next to Beyonce. Uh-huh. It is uh, earlier on in the day. It's the pre-telecast ceremony uh, where they're handing out, you know, the other 55 awards. So um, it's obviously the biggest thing that's ever happened to us and will ever happen to us. <laughs> uh, it was awesome, but um, yeah, we didn't really, you know, rub rub elbows or. Or anything with anybody yeah. huge. We just saw, I think we saw Jay-Z pop in and, of course, <laughs> Gaga and whatnot. We we definitely saw some folks, um, but not really, we're not really the the celebrity types. Uh-huh. So yeah, got, no, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of the folks we didn't even know. Right. And, and to answer the first couple questions you asked, you know, of course it was out-of-body experience. We had not prepared anything um, we didn't think we were going to win, and 
we definitely didn't even know, you know, the nomination was a possibility. So it was um, out of the blue, and we didn't have much time to process it, mm-hmm. seeing that we had just kind of started um, doing this anyway. We were in our mid-20s, and yeah. and it was a big surprise. So we just rolled with it, and honestly, we're still kind of processing sure. um, how lucky we were to have that um, happen, and, and it really did coincide with the album resonating with people so it snowballed into a pretty strong fan base that's allowed us to do this full time and really focus on making our future projects as quality as high quality as possible awesome so that's that's how we've looked at the grammy you know it's nice to have a a little trophy or or some uh recognition but but more so it was buying us some time and legitimacy to, to keep doing what we're doing and to get better at it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's such a cool thing. Um, but it also like, there's, you know, I can't speak to, well, I can, I mean, I can speak to like the album of the year, record of the year and all those things and whether or not I agree, but mm-hmm. for the kids side of things, like they really do, I think a really good job of picking like, the the cream that rises to the top, you know, like I've spoken to to several of uh, of your fellow award nominees and winners, and and just good people doing good things, and like that in and of itself, and you fall into this category like of doing like authentic work for kids and and music that is quality, and like that getting recognized is really it's a really nice thing. It's a really nice thing for me who like you know I can feel like jaded or something when arcade fire wins and i'm like what is what do you mean they have like seven <laughs> 17 instruments that are all playing the same note like give me a break but like <laughs> this feels authentic and real and good so congratulations to you guys that's a big thank deal. you yeah, yeah no I, i'll second that because uh it could be disney and 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 kid bop and all that stuff is fine but you would think that the corporations or the bigger conglomerates would be dominating in these kind of uh, categories and it's really nice that this year it was all five nominees were independent yeah normal folks making real music and yep. i just i think you're right we should be um we should count ourselves lucky that that's something that can happen in the grammys right awesome um okay so tell me a little bit about your relationship with the minnesota zoo and what okay. and what the whole big picture i guess like conservation taking care of the animals taking care of the earth like what is this is like the project right now or you're just coming off this project can you tell me a little bit about it sure so we are zoo ambassadors at the minnesota zoo which means um i think it's like five times a year we go to the zoo for interactive um acoustic concerts mm-hmm. and educational i don't know what they are they're like um educational experiences, right? Where we're walking around the zoo with a naturalist and an educator who are teaching us about the animals and the conservation projects. And then Justin and I are adding a song as we go, you know, as we walk along, we're kind of the musical element Uh to the experience. And we've loved those types of experiences because it is acoustic and we get to hang out with the kids one-on-one rather than, you know, what usually happens is a rushed merch table signing after a show where we're on stage and microphones and and whatnot Uh this is a real experience where we spend an afternoon in nature 
with animals and kids playing music. It couldn't get better right. in our opinion. So we've loved that relationship. And then they asked us to write a song for their conservation projects um, mm -hmm. that focuses on their butterfly project, their bison project, and their trumpeter swan project. And um, we wrote those animals into a song and talked about, it's called Counting on Me, and talked about our responsibility as human beings to consider what's happening to their um, environment and and where they're living and how that's changing and affecting these animals. Uh -huh. Wow, interesting. So that's a uh, it's been a sort of a long running relationship between you and the zoo, or is it something? Couple that, years now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's been two or three years. That's great. Um, and this is obviously, you know, I think like it's important to to note here that these are causes that you believe in, right? That the Okie Dokie Brothers believe in. You are outdoors people who who want there to continue to be the outdoors to experiment in right and and to be in and to experience so i i am happy to hear that you're able to to do what is so important to you for the zoo and for yourselves i think that's really special well yeah i i'll say you know if it was any old zoo i don't know if i would be as into it uh -huh. Um, because a lot of zoos are there for more of an entertainment value uh -huh. and, uh, and I don't know exactly who the, you know, what the difference is, um, when it comes to which zoos are doing what I'm not a zoo expert, but I do know the <laughs> Minnesota zoo, their mission is of course to, to be there so that kids and families and, and whoever are, um, inspired by the animals, but it's more of a inspired to then act and and do our best to be responsible and get involved with the future of these animals mm -hmm. right and the well-being of their environments so right. because of that conservation mission that that made us really intrigued to say this isn't just a partnership with a zoo this is a conservation effort cool very cool so what is uh if you are at liberty to say and i know that uh sometimes you're not and sometimes you are but what is uh what's in the pipeline for the Okie Dokie Brothers? Well, I'm glad you asked. You're right. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes we get asked this question and uh, we don't really know how to respond. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, we'll talk through it. It's, it's really interesting. So Justin and I um, finished the, the trilogy uh -huh. and I think um, recently we're getting a lot of the questions of what's next? You know, mm -hmm. what's the next adventure? And so, tongue-in-cheek, we always say our personal adventures. I'm going into fatherhood. Oh. And, and Justin just got married. Oh, so double, double wham. All right. <laughs> so those are adventures, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, so we're learning that right now, how to spend time more focused on family rather than, you know, this project that's dominated our last 10 years mm -hmm. um and and so we're taking some time right now to write songs that do reflect more of that family uh feel and and the the time of prioritizing the people closest to us so um we'll see where that leads i i also know we're working on a lot of winter songs right oh, now cool. so um I don't know exactly if we would call this an adventure album, but um, we were planning on doing a dog sledding trip to, to get inspired. And um, <laughs> I think, I think there'll be something like that, either a music video or some winter songs coming out. 
right now we're in the process of figuring out if it's um, an album, if it's a if it's a book, if um, maybe there's another uh, platform that we'd we'd like to explore. But uh, at this point, when you ask this question, you know it's all about just listening to what's happening in our lives and what's authentic with us right now and and writing as many songs as we can and then mm -hmm. we're pretty trusting that it, it'll find um the right way to to go out into the world yeah so so the idea of of another adventure album even though you called it the trilogy is not it's not entirely out of the question uh yeah i do i think 30 days and a full movie yeah to go along with it and and a full 15 songs i I think those days were for for our twenties, and yeah. while we didn't have babies at home, so yeah, I right. I think it would be a hard thing for me to to leave my kid at home and go out to Alaska for thirty days. <laughs> um, I think that that is a very well said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe someday he can come along, and we can do another one down the line. Yeah, cool. Okay, that's great. Um, so how can uh, how can we connect with the Okie Dokie Brothers? And it's a website. You guys are on Spotify, all those things, um, mm -hmm. uh, Facebook, like all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okiedokie dot org is our website, and of course we've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Spotify is a great way to to connect. We put up playlists of songs that we're listening to. We have a a playlist of our influences. Oh, cool. Um, that. So earlier I was talking about how we borrow ideas from folk songs. Mm -hmm. We have one playlist that walks you through all the different songs that um, contributed to uh, the songs on our albums. Uh -huh. And uh, and so, yeah, we, we're kind of Spotify freaks. We listen to it all day, every yeah. day. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> and, yeah. And then, I don't know, just uh, just other social media stuff, of course, where... We're staying a little connected on that. We we try to balance it. We don't do too much of that stuff, mm -hmm. um, just because it kind of affects the way that we're able to write. We always set some time away from online stuff, um, just so that we can feel our own emotions. You know how that yep. goes. I do know how that goes. I do absolutely <laughs> like yeah. being quiet and maybe reading a book with pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. It's pretty cool. You know, I'll read like three pages in a book and my whole brain will explode. I'll think it's like the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's great. Well, Joe, I really, I can't thank you enough. This is so cool to hear about how you guys do what you do and, and what you're thinking of next. And congratulations on being a dad and congratulations. Thanks, yeah, totally. And to Justin, I'm getting married as having done both of those things. It's uh I think your um, your angle on just sort of seeing how things play out from the family perspective is right on. Thanks again to Joe. Pretty cool to talk to him and hear about those Okie Dokie brothers and how they do what they do and what inspires them. Check them out. You can find them all over online, website, Facebook, Twitter, all of those things. You can also find the Good Stuff Kids podcast at all those places too, goodstuffpod.com at Good Stuff Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again this week for another new episode of Good Stuff Sports. And now here is Rosita by the Okie Dokie Brothers in its entirety. Talk to you soon.
Rosita the Skeeter ain't no Skeeter sweeter, but she's a man-eater, Rosita the Bug. I tried keeping her away with bug spray galore, but she kept on coming back for more. So now I'm covered from head to toe with kisses from a mosquito. Named Rosita the Skeeter ain't no Skeeter sweeter, but she's a man-eater, Rosita the Bug. Do I itch the scratch or scratch the itch? I never can tell which one's which, but I think I'd be doing fine if I could take a bath in Calamine. Cause Rosita the Skeeter ain't no Skeeter sweeter, but she's a man-eater, Rosita the Bug. We'll fly around my pretty little miss, fly around my daisy, fly around my pretty little miss, you almost drive me crazy, singing fly around my pretty little miss, fly around my daisy, fly around my pretty little miss, you almost drive me crazy. Rosita the Skeeter ain't no Skeeter sweeter, but she's a man-eater, Rosita the Bug. Rosita the Skeeter ain't no Skeeter sweeter, but she's a man-eater, Rosita the Bug. Stuff.